Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi everyone, this is Kara Williams with The Mom Manual. I have a super fun guest today. Michelle is a single mom of two. She's the owner of Safe in the Seat and a nationally certified child passenger safety expert. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. I am glad you're here. This is such a fun topic and really actionable takeaways for everyone who's listening. For people who don't have young kids, it's still a great podcast for nieces, nephews, friends. This is definitely a safety element that is super important. And I told Michelle, it's particularly important for my family because my kids never wanted to sit in a car seat at all. So I am here for this conversation. (laughs) Michelle, can you tell us how you got into this? It seems like such a specific thing to be nationally certified in this. Right. As random as it is for you, it is for me too. Like if we would have spoken even five years ago, I never would have said, Hey, I'm going to be the one that people come to when they have questions about how to keep their kids (laughs) safe in their car seats, just not sort of, you know, where I thought I would be, but yet here we are. So honestly, my path sort of started when my son was born, he will be nine. I cannot even believe that in, you know, over the summer. Yeah. So I did all the things, right. I was the, had the Pinterest nursery. I got what I thought was quote, the best car seat. I had my hospital bag packs, all of those things. And then when, when Jake was born, I assumed somebody would like help me. And I didn't even think through like what happens after the baby comes. Like I was just so, so worried about getting to the baby coming. Yeah. And I had no idea how to like actually put him in the car seat. I mean, I thought, well, how hard can it be? Like you just kind of stick him in there. Right? right. But it was harder than I realized it would be. And I also was not totally prepared for the kind of mom anxiety <laughs> that came with that. Yeah. So my journey sort of started there where it was like, Hey, I I wonder if there are other people that feel this way. I can't possibly be the only person that at this moment of leaving, you know, I I birthed that at at a hospital, but any where it's any child's first ride, like where you think you're going to get help and, and you don't, and just how can I help people navigate that knowing what to do as the steps, you know, the progression continues, I found honestly that, I mean, car seat safety, let's be serious. It's technical. It's boring. Our kids don't usually like love it. So it can be kind of a heavy topic, but I really try with the work that I do to bridge the gap between like the safety and science and technical aspect of car seats and real mom life because I'm living in it too. So, you know, how can I help people with best practice safety information, but bring it down to a level that we all can understand and relate to. I couldn't agree with you more. I remember having my first daughter and yes, same thing. I, I had her in 2012. So probably the same age as your son. Yeah. And yeah. it was pre-Instagram. I guess Facebook was happening, but not in the way it is today. And so I had her and felt really prepared. And then we had the car seat and then we never clicked it into the car. And so right. we're leaving the hospital. And I just remember that moment where I'm exhausted 
And she was in there and she was screaming. And my husband is fiddling around with it. And he's trying to plug it in. And I'm like, just get her in the car seat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yes, I am sure not only are you not the only one, but I would imagine most moms are in that and, and dads in that same situation. Tell me, what does it mean to be nationally certified? Like, what does that look like? So, you know, there are a lot of car seats as everyone listening probably knows there are many, many brands, many different stages. I mean, just the sheer volume of choices is overwhelming. So, you know, there's a national certification that those of us who just really want to get into this space, we have to recertify every two years. It requires us to really understand the mechanics of why car seats are important, of how to use them, you know, of all of, a lot of it revolves around like problem solving because it's not as simple as just buy this car seat, put it in this car and you're on your merry little way, as we all know. So we get certified and then just like in any profession, it's about how much you practice then and are in the field and, and working actively to, you know, stay on top of whatever your area of expertise is. So car seats are changing constantly. New right. ones are coming to the market all the time. Having somebody that's nationally certified help you with anything car seat safety related, it means you're getting the best of the best in terms of the latest and greatest of science, technology, product, you know, all of it. And so is it like an online course or a place you go? I, I can't even imagine no, certified. So at least pre pandemic, right? So the structure of how people get trained is evolving as this whole, you know, world has changed, but yes, it is. It was like a four day course and you go there in person. And many people that attend the certification are not lay people. So I'm a mom, right? Like I just wanted to get certified because honestly, I was like, okay, I want to help myself in my community because like what's happening here. Like everybody has questions and we don't know who to ask. The other people that are in the course are often community professionals. They might be nurses or firefighters or police officers or other people that work in that type of a realm that are required to get certified just by nature of their job. And some don't actively practice child passenger safety. So you could be certified in child passenger safety, but I always tell everyone to say like, well, how much of your job is actually practicing is actually, this is your primary role. So yeah, it's a multiple day training. And then we have like this crazy test on the last day where they give you all these scenarios. I did it in August here in Florida. I don't think I've ever sweat so much. Oh my God. Um, because yeah, August, Florida, humidity, you have to, you know, install all these car seats with these scenarios in different ways. And none of them were like easy. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I, you know, when I think of this, I think of firefighters. Yeah. Why, why do I think that, that you can go and then well, get training at every, I mean, you and everyone else, it's one of the biggest myths that I think, uh, myself and the child passenger safety community really tries to to dispel because I thought it too. Oh, we're just going to drive to a fire station and get it quote checked. Okay. Firefighters are like amazing human beings. They are critical to our communities as our nurses and doctors and everybody else that serves in that kind of a way, but it doesn't mean by default, they're trained in child passenger safety. So most frankly are not, doesn't mean they don't want to help or they don't have good intent, but unless there is sort of a mandate, if you will, by like, take the firefighter by that, that fire chief for that community, that everyone needs to be 
certified and actively practicing, then fire stations are not the place to go for help with your car seat. And, and again, I'm with you. Like I totally thought that was a thing, uh, but it is not a thing in some communities. It still exists, but in the majority of them, it does not. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Okay. That's news to me, Michelle, let's yep. jump into your takeaways. What, what's the first one you have for everyone listening? So I think one of the biggest takeaways is to not rush the progression from one stage to the next. We don't get an award. There is not a medal for whose child is out of a car seat fastest. <laughs> there's, there's no award to win. There's no brag tag to have. And frankly, we need to kind of work as a community to, to reverse that, to say, actually the turtle wins the race here. Whosoever is slowest and maxing out the limits of their car seat and really taking time to progress their child through the stages, they're the quote winner. Hopefully we can get out of this comparison game altogether, but we really want to just slow things down because a child's body is still developing. And we, you know, when we put them in a car seat, we're, we're surrounding them, if you will, with like a capsule to keep their still developing body safe in the event of a car crash. So I think a big part of it is just slow things down and to really understand the purpose of a car seat. I understand it's a pain in the butt and it's big and it's heavy and there nobody loves it. I mean, I kind of like installing them sometimes, but yeah. I don't want to do it every day either. You know, it's, it's cumbersome and it's, it's a lot of work, but if we understand the intent of it, the purpose of it, I think it's actually like really powerful what we're doing to protect our kids when we are properly using car seats as, as dorky as that sounds. No, no, I love it. And it, clearly you have a passion for car seats. So, you know, one thing that I, I think is maybe a myth or not, but we think that one-year-old's babies move from the kind of that bucket laying down car seat to the upright car seat. Is there yep. a age threshold? Is it different for car seat? What does that look like? So the, the first thing I'll say is like for everybody to get in their minds that your child should be in a car seat until they're between the ages of 10 to 12 years old. And that can be, yeah. Right. So I wish somebody like, I remember when I had my, when I had my son, I was like, why didn't anybody just at least give me a heads up? Like, let me know that this is what I'm working with here because even just context for me is always super helpful. So if we back it up to say, a child's internal and external bone and muscular structure is not able to take on crash forces in an adult seatbelt until they're closer to that age range, 10 to 12. None of us would intentionally be like, eh, I don't care. (laughs) Nobody would do that. But if we would start framing things and that at safe in the seat, that's what I really try to do to be like, Oh, parents are smart. Give them some context. Let them understand what the purpose is of this contraption and why we need to use it. So I think starting with understanding that when I say it's a long road, like it's a long road, 10 to 12 years old on average, that bucket seat that you're talking about. So that's the one with the handle that you can like pop in and out. That's the first general sort of stage of car seat safety. It's also the only one where we don't say you have to max it out, meaning reach the limits of the seat because that thing gets heavy. So for that stage, you can actually move your child into the next stage, which you referred to where it's a little bit more upright, which is called the convertible car seat stage, where it faces the rear of the car 
and then flips in face forward facing. And if we, if we back that up, just to again, give context, if you think about it's sitting more upright, it's because your child has head control, mm, right? That makes sense. So, you know, it's like before they didn't have head control, we have to make sure the recline is proper so they can breathe. If we have to give them enough time so their necks get strong enough to be able to then sit more upright. And then that's when we're able to kind of change that recline of the car seat. So it's like, it's all connected to child development. It's just very few people talk about it in that way. And I'm trying to change that because it's something like as a mom, I can understand. Yeah. So it's not necessarily an age then for, for moving on from one to the next. It's how, as a parent, do you discern when your baby is ready or your child is ready? Thank you for bringing that up because I think we all try to tend like when we're doing milestone development of anything, right? It's like, by what age should this happen? When should they be sitting? When should they be eating? When should they be sleeping through the night? For car seat safety, we want to take whatever car seat we have and max out the height, weight, and what's called the head height limit of the seat. So if your seat has a height limit of 40 inches and 40 pounds and their head has to be one inch below, I realize this is all super technical, but whatever the limits are of your car seat, you want to get your child to reach one of those limits before you progress them to the next stage. So as long as possible, and because people can't see me and like throw things at me, I will say, we want our kids to be rear facing as long as possible. It is by far the safest way for them to ride and PS the most comfortable way for them to ride as well. And we are, we should have a goal of age four in mind for that. What? Okay. With all due respect, <laughs> very crazy to me because we had my kids, well, just from a purely length standpoint, their legs started getting jammed up right at around, you know, 12, 13 months. And I thought, oh my gosh, this looks so uncomfortable for them. And then I could no longer carry it under my arm because now they're a year old and they weigh, I don't know what a year old weighs, I guess, um, 20 pounds maybe. Yeah. So it's quite heavy. So then that, then it just became more cumbersome for me to get them out of that bucket seat. And then a lot of times they would fall asleep because it's this nice little bed nest. Um, and then I'm waking them up. And so for the average mom, probably at one is like the easiest. So you they should, your child should be rear facing. I mean, they should never turn forward facing. I'm not usually an absolutist type person, yeah. but for this, they should never turn forward facing before the age of two, never, ever, ever. It should never happen. Yeah. But we want to have a goal of getting them close to age four but, you know, between that two and four age range, like sometimes we have, we have some kids that have outgrown the limits of their seat, right. like I'm talking, you know, reaching those max limits. But I mean, almost every car seat on the market, that is that convertible car seat we're talking about that rear and then forward faces, the average size child can easily sit in that seat until they're at least three years old rear facing. And, you know, again, it goes back to the development of the body and the protection of their head, neck, and spine in a crash, right. because when you're in a rear facing seat, you fall back into your car seat in a crash. If you're forward facing your head falls forward, it snaps forward towards the point of impact. And if you have a child with an underdeveloped head, neck, and spine, that leads to really scary stuff. Yeah. So that's, you know, if, and again, it's, it's helping parents understand, oh, like that's why it matters. We're not just trying to be mean. We're not trying to be annoying. 
We're just trying to say, hey, their bodies aren't ready yet to handle crash forces. So let's give them as much time as possible to develop so that when we do turn them forward facing, they're strong enough to be able to withstand them. Yeah, that's such a good point. And then going a little bit beyond car seats. So my daughters right now are eight and nine. And I, again, this age time limit thing, they're both actually very tall too. Um, My nine-year-old is the size of about a 12-year-old and my eight-year-old about the size of a 10-year-old. But I thought when they turned eight, they could sit in the front seat. What, tell me so, what you All right, so, so take a deep breath. The answer, no, front seat, not um, 25. So we say that, and if you actually like look on the visor of your car, yeah. um, so tell your girls that they can be mad at me for this, but we say in your 13th birthday, that's your birthday present. You get to move to the front seat. Again, kids can look really big on the outside, but their insides are still developing at the same rate. Right. Right. So they can look super tall, but it doesn't mean that their bone growth or their musculature development is progressed in that same way. And when you move to a front seat, you're dealing with an airbag, right? That's the big shift. And an airbag is powerful. So we want it to do its job and it's an airbag is designed to protect, to protect adult passengers, fully developed inside and outside adult passengers. And so that's the one place where we talk about age, where I pretty much like my kids who, yes, of course they ask, but my kids are still in car seats and ones in a, in a high back booster seat, but they just know, like, don't, we're not talking about a serial 13, which I kind of enjoy. I've just sort of set the boundary. So yeah, I just, it's like, don't ask me about it because I'm just not gonna, it just is what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. I always thought with the airbag that it was more of a height thing. And so the airbag is intended to hit an adult's chest. And if it hit the face, I'm not sure where I even got this, that it would burn your skin. And so they basically had to be tall enough for their face not to be in line with the airbag. I don't know if that's a myth or where I even heard of that. It seems reasonable in theory, but I mean, an airbag can cause for sure. It can still save your life, but still give you, you know, things like burns and you know, other things because of the force at which it deploys in a crash. The thing about an airbag is it doesn't take many miles per hour. Like you don't have to be going a very high speed in order for an airbag to deploy if you're in a crash. So a lot of times we're like, oh, just hop in the front seat for like a quick ride. We're just riding to school or we're going to our friend's house. But I mean, honestly, if you're going over like five miles per hour, you're risking any of that stuff deploying. So because of the force at which an airbag comes out, it isn't just about the location on the body. It's about what it's going to do to the inside of the body as well. Mm, Very interesting. Gosh, I'm sorry to you and your girls. If you're going to have to hang up here and say, uh, girls, um, you're back (laughs) to the back seat. Well, now I have who is going to be seven next month. He is already trying to creep into the front seat and we're like, Beckett, you are not tall enough yet. You can't go till you're eight. So this is, this is really good to, you know, have in your mind, these age milestones that are much older than I thought. Yeah. Um, And I think for parents, like, uh, you know, we obviously have kids that are similar ages and you're learning this stuff now. So you have to do some kind of backtracking, but for hopefully a lot of people that are listening, 
and to me, again, one of the reasons I started Safe in the Sea, it was like, could you tell me this stuff from the beginning? Because if I can just know from the beginning, <laughs> it's much easier to just say what it is and not have to go back and quote, fix it, you know? Absolutely. Michelle, can you tell us about your next takeaway? Yes. So, I mean, I would say the number one question that I get asked is what is the best or safest car seat? And I mean, literally like hundreds of DMs a day are coming in asking me what's the best or safest car seat. And I think when we're talking about kind of reframing or ourselves context on how do we choose a car seat? Like what is the best or safest? I think it's important to understand that the best or safest car seat is individualized to you, your child, your family, your vehicle, your lifestyle, your budget. So the most expensive car seat on the market is not automatically safest. And the least expensive car seat on the market is not unsafe Hmm. because we have to look at all of the factors in order to choose a car seat that is going to be best for your child in your vehicle, for your family. And that is different for everybody. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. Are there any brands in particular, which you said, this is the number one question you get that is more on the safe side, or maybe has more of a safety focus that is, you know, kind of a go-to. So every single car seat that's sold on the U S market, I mean, on any market, but it will talk us specifically, they have to pass the same crash test standards. So that can be a $40 car seat. That can be a $600 car seat. They all are required to pass the exact same set of crash test standards. Now, what is fascinating for the people that are on this, that kind of geek out on the data side of things, we don't get to see the results not even as a child passenger safety technician. So the way that the crash test results are, they just have to pass fail. Obviously anything that fails goes back to prep development, right? We don't see the the failures, if you will. So they all pass the standard baseline. We don't know which ones pass at a higher rate, if you will, than other ones. What I can tell you is some seats have added safety features All of the brands have various aspects of this. So things like an anti-rebound bar or um, a load leg or side impact protection or rigid lower anchors. These are like added safety features that could perhaps help in a certain type of crash. But we all already complain about how expensive car seats are. If we wanted to know exactly how a car seat performs in every single type of crash in every scenario with, with every type of kid, we'd be paying a million dollars for a car seat. The most important thing is that you use it correctly, period. That's it. Buy one that is reputable, buy one that fits your child, your lifestyle, your kid. We actually just launched um, car seat buying kits to help with this because it's super overwhelming to even know like what questions to ask to get to the right car seat for you. Yeah. And then learn how to use it because we find the majority of parents of caretakers are not using their, their car seat correctly. So my goal is that that's great. Let's focus on purchasing quote, the best car seat, but we need to focus just as much on learning how to use it properly. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And if you, if you think about it in the sense of, are there car seat companies that add on, you know, safety features 
just to add on a safety feature, but they really don't enhance the safety. Like, is that, is that a thing? I hate to say this and it's risky me saying it, but like it's marketing, <laughs> it's sales. And yeah. so, so much of what is being, even if you walk down a car seat aisle and what is being placed on the box to like lure you in, where it's like, this will last the whole time your child's in a car seat or, you know, these are marketing tactics. So right. a big part of what I try to do is teach parents like, how do I know if that's true or not? Because it's so kid dependent, vehicle dependent, lifestyle dependent on if those marketing sort of claims are true or not. So it's like, how do we kind of sift through that? What could be BS you know, yeah. and find the real, find the real answers. And, and by the way, we are born into parenthood knowing that, like, how would anyone know how to do that without help? Yeah. I certainly I certainly didn't. This is such an enlightening conversation for me. And it's funny because it just seems so basic that we would know this stuff, but I guess how how would you unless you connect with someone like yourself? So that actually is a great transition to our third and final takeaway, Michelle. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is that you don't have to be overwhelmed or anxious about car seat safety. There is, I mean, seriously, like, let's just look at the world that we are in. There is so much that is unknown, that is uncertain, that is unpredictable, that is based on preference or choice for car seat safety. What, one of the things that honestly, like I love about it is there's a right and wrong way to do it. (laughs) There just is. And so when I have to make a thousand and one decisions and choices and preferences every day about raising my children, I know for car seat safety exactly what I'm supposed to do and how to do it. And I think for many, many parents to even what you're experiencing as we're having this conversation where guaranteed you're like, oh boy, like I did, I did not know that, or I wish I would have known that, or now I've got a little bit of a feeling in my tummy that like, what if nobody has to feel that way? And that's my biggest goal. I of course want our children to be safe 100%. And yeah, sure. I care about car seats, but what I care about most is you is people is your anxiety and your trust and your peace of mind that you've done everything you possibly can to keep your kids safe from their greatest risk. Because the thing I would worry most about is if, you know, heaven forbid we get into a car crash, which by the way, we all will, that's the multiple is the statistics tell us. I never want anybody to sit on the other side of that crash and say, like, I still like tear up when I say this, but I never want anybody to sit on the other side and say, what if, or if only I had known mm. we can know, we can know what to do. And I want every caregiver to be able to say, should that crash happen? I did everything I could to keep that child, my child, whomever's child as safe as possible. And I, no matter how, whether the outcome is extremely positive or devastating, that feeling of, you know, I want people to feel that they can control the controllable. And that to me is where that's what we're trying to do every day is to say, there's a lot of other things we cannot control, but my goodness, car seat safety, (laughs) like we can help you check that off. We can help you tick that box and move on to the next worry. So can you tell us a little bit more about, do you do in-person or just some more about those courses and, and, um, consultations you've content, 
So we have a lot of different things that are happening right now to try to really meet parents where they are. So one of the things we have is a free resource called Baby on Board, which is a video guide and it helps people with like, what are the things I'm supposed to know to do before that first ride home? So that's a, it's a free resource that we have. And then if we kind of continue on that journey, the, we have what's called the infant course. It's the course that you know, I'm biased, obviously, but I believe like every single expecting parent, caregiver, grandparent should take because it really, all these things that I've explained to you today, it just expands on all of that. And it really, like I teach people through that course, every single step of how to harness your kid in, how to install, how to know when to move to the next stage, you know, all the troubleshooting stuff that comes up so that people feel completely confident from their first ride home through that period that your child is in that seat with the, you know, the handle. Mm-hmm. And then this past year, um, just at the end of the year, we launched buying kits, which the feedback has been better than what I could have even hoped for. The decision fatigue with trying to choose a car seat is real. <laughs> it is overwhelming and people get myself included, even you get lost in all of the choices and what should I get? What my friend says, should I get what the internet says? Should I get what the review says? These buying kits are at a really affordable price point and they allow an interactive quiz and a, we lead you to our recommended list, which by the way, we take absolutely no endorsements or sponsorships from car seat companies so that we can stay neutral and represent you. So the kids are like, I think a really great resource for people that are just looking on the internet or at the row of car seats at Bye Bye Baby and are ready to get in the fetal position. (laughs) Those are really fun. And then we have this uh, in 2022, we have a ton of resources that are coming out related to the convertible car seat stage and really helping people navigate this rear and forward facing stage. And then obviously Instagram, we have tons of free content up there every single day and behind the scenes of my crazy single mom life with two kids. And, you know, we just try to create a really supportive, non-judgmental community of people. Uh, and I'm really, really proud of that because car seat, car seat safety can have a lot of like just judgment <laughs> attached to it. And yeah. we do not have that in our community. It is safe and vulnerable and honest. And, um, it's just made up of like some of the best people out there. I love that. And, you know, I, I never even thought about it as in terms of judgment, but I agree with you for sure. I remember one of my friends had, and her girls were definitely just twins. They were on the smaller side for sure, but I think they were eight or maybe even nine. And they were in a front facing car seat that like my four-year-old is in right now. And I remember yeah. being shocked and it wasn't necessarily judgment. I just, I couldn't believe they would even agree yeah. to sit in there. One other element yeah. that becomes tricky is around the time of five, at least for my kids, is when we started doing play dates or um, driving with friends to school, carpooling, you know, things like that. And then it's, yeah. it's the, the idea of bringing a huge car seat is just really daunting where it's like, oh, just grab the booster. It's a short ride. But yeah. I think based on this conversation today, we need to be more diligent in, especially me, keeping my kids in each of their correct uh, spaces for their age. So thank you so it's, much. I mean, for yeah, the lifestyle stuff. I mean, it's, I'm, you know, I'm right there with you. It, it's not convenient. Safety is definitely not always convenient, 
but again, I tend to be the person that goes to like, but, but what if, and would I forgive myself if, and if I took a couple extra steps, would I reduce that risk or that anxiety? And for me, the answer is, you know, at least in the car seat safety space is always yes. Does it mean that I am perfect hundred percent of the time? Absolutely not. I couldn't agree with you more. We are extreme rule followers in our house in terms of anything safety, uh, particularly my husband, like almost borderline overboard. Um, but I think this was just really a lack of knowledge. I thought we were doing the right things with the, at age one, you move them over to the bigger yeah. seat at age four, they can go to a booster at age eight. They can go to the front seat, you know, at, at age eight, they go out of the booster and have the option for a front seat. So there's a huge education piece missing. And I'm assuming if I don't know about this, then there's lots of other moms who don't know about it either. Michelle, it's the biggest hurdle that we have is helping people see that they need this information before they get to where you are. You know what I mean? Like, how do we catch people before they know they need it? And that's what we're trying to do. I love that. Michelle, thank you. Let's jump into our fire round. So no pressure, just a few quick questions. What? currently binging on TV? Um, Ozark is out. So I, I am catching up on that right now. Um, how about your most, the most recent book you've read? Okay. So this is terribly embarrassing because I am an audio book person Mm -hmm. and therefore I do not ever know the titles of the books that Mm -hmm. I'm listening to. Isn't that terrible? No, I I'm there with you. Yeah. I just don't know. They're audiobooks, And I don't even like, I don't know, but I do love to, I love to, I actually love to physically read a book. Yeah. Um, I have one right now about, I can't even remember the something daughters. I don't know about, it's like world, war, you know, time for reading is, is limited. <laughs> yes. You know what? Busy mom of two in a business. I feel you. How about um, your best productivity app? Okay. So what is a productivity app? Because I need more productivity in my life. Like I use Asana for tasks. Does that yeah. count as a productivity app? That is always a top one of people that come on here. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Asana is a big one. And honestly, this is so basic, but I use my timer on my phone. <laughs> I know this is nothing fancy all the time. So if, like I'm overwhelmed by a task. Like I, I hate um, emptying the dishwasher, right? It's mm. so, but I will put a timer on it and be like, Michelle, set a timer for three minutes and it's done in three minutes. Like then when you put it in perspective, you know, I love that. So it's almost like a challenge to yourself to, to like beat the clock. It's be, and I use, I mean, anyone who follows up me on Instagram knows that I, there are literally timers in every room of my house because I use them with my children for even getting in the car, it, it, using a timer or a timer app is an absolutely fabulous one for that toddler stage. Um, to help them do things like beat the clock or push the timer on or off or play a song or something. So I do find myself using just the boring old, you know, timer pretty frequently. I love that. Um, and the last question, what is your go-to de-stressor? Oh, um, chocolate. Should that count? Probably not. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's such a good one. I mean, I do, I like to take a bath, but then, you know, I'm, I try to, if I can take a bath and like not have my phone, it's a real win. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, this was such a great and educational, um, informative podcast. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? 
Yes. So safeintheseat.com is um, obviously our website and a hub to like get to everything that we've talked about and uh, also links to Instagram. Our primary presence right now where I show up every day is uh, safe in the seat. The handle's at safe in the seat on Instagram. So that is too, like I said, we have an amazing supportive community there and we talk car seats, but we talk a whole lot about just motherhood and real life and mental health and, you know, just all the realness too. All the things that we all need right now. Michelle, yep. thanks for being on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. You bet. Thanks for having me.